1: such as Neo-Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.
0: Welcome everyone, I'm your host Eric Brown and we're back with Neo-Reality Collective episode 61. No wait, yeah episode 61, if I got that wrong I am terribly sorry. Trying to keep track of scheduling is always such a pain. So, there were rumors once more that it looked like there was going to be yet another DC film canceled. That makes you question why on earth should we even care at this point until the big reboot happens. Because even though James Gunn has said stuff about Blue Beetle and Aquaman The Lost Kingdom, I'm like... Well... Do I care about those two movies if they're not really part of the DCU? because then you're going to have these conflicting accounts, especially if, Aw- if Jason Momoa wants to play a different character and you know, retire the Aquaman character, or Blue Beetle might be alright, but there were rules going around that um, Keanu Reeves is up Uh, planned Constantine 2, the sequel to the long-ago long 2005 Constantine, is said to be, well, was said to be cancelled, and then it came out that, nope, it's still happening. Okay, so, yeah, it's still happening, we're still on the frame on this, so... Yeah, I honestly am not interested in Constantine with Keanu Reeves. I look at Keanu Reeves, and I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, man, I cannot see him as Constantine. I'm like, I never watched Constantine the first movie, but it's just I look at him, and I'm thinking, Yeah, not Constantine. Like, nothing about him gives me that vibe that he's Constantine. But who knows? Maybe because people... Some say they didn't like the, that movie, so they'll probably give him a chance now since, you know, it's been over 15 years and Keanu Reeves had gotten his massive rebirth thanks to John Wick and Cyberpunk and all that stuff and the Matrix, uh, and the Matrix Return movie. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Meanwhile, the, um, horror series on YouTube, The Backrooms, is getting turned into a feature film. Yeah. A YouTube series that was done on, on that's an original short follow uh <laughs> Parson, he who is 17 years old, I must stress, made this viral YouTube horror universe with the backrooms, and he is now in charge of the directing of this movie. I must stress this was a YouTube short. And the original shorts followed a young filmmaker in the 1990s that finds itself transported to another dimension. Here, in the harshly yellow labyrinth rolls of this new dimension, otherworldly creatures threaten the, threaten the safety of all who enter. The short drew heavy inspiration from a creepypasta, published to 4chan in 2019. It's a found footage-style, eerie mood, creepy imagery, and a suddenly scare spawn spawned a viral hit, pulling in over 44 million views. And he's also held 16 shorts in the Backroom series on YouTube. And other channels have created their own, you know, spin-offs and stories. These there's even there's also a set of few video games even, including Escape the Backrooms, a co-op horror experience. I gotta be honest, that's kind of pretty cool. Uh, that this this little fan, this this young lad managed to make this YouTube universe essentially. And they even got James Wan involved in the production, producing it, the feature for a Towling Monster. <laughs> yeah, we don't know who's in the movie entirely just yet. Production will begin soon, and it will disrupt it over a summer vacation. You have to remember he is 17. The guy, the, R- Parsons is 17. Just think about that. that that's pretty impressive. Meanwhile, so, Tom Taylor has been a busy, 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 busy camper in the DC Comics side of the universe. So, remember Injustice, uh, Gods Among Us, and the Injustice 2 video game, and we all remember the big, massive works he, John Tom Taylor did with, um... Tom Taylor wrote the Injustice 1 and 2 comics to tie in to the games, though there is some stuff that uh, happened. Um, So basically the story was that Superman went mad after the deaths of his wife and unborn child, and now it's been announced that John Kent, the new Superman of the main DC universe, who has been designed to be an older person, so everyone is still bitter about that, I understand. And now the Adventures of Superman miniseries, John Kent will be featuring the Injustice universe where Superman, the tyrant, will meet, well, the son that he never got to have. So, yeah... So apparently, Tom had Taylor revealed that John will arrive in the Injustice universe during the period of Injustice 2, Year 5, meaning it takes place shortly before the events of the second game. He also noted that while John's encounters with Injustice, Bastardman, and Wonder Woman will be key moment- moments in the series, there's another character whose relationship to John becomes key. Uh. There is a different Damian Wayne, as we all know, and literally his best friend essentially not on the side of the angels in that world. That is going to give a very fun entertaining dynamic and quite torture dynamic to play with. Tom Taylor, torturing everyone to hell. Uh, Tom Taylor. So, Overwatch 2 Season 3 will feature Doomfist becoming the One Punch Man. Yeah, the there's gonna be a cosmetic skin of <laughs> uh, uh will we'll feature Doomfist dressed up as One Punch Man. That's just weird and hilarious. Meanwhile, fans have been request. Remember, so Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order had been a success and has list- And EA's Respawn Entertainment listened to the fan feedback about the game and added a much, much requested fast travel feature to its upcoming Jedi Survivor. As reported by GamesRadar, Radar, directors, I can't pronounce that name, told Play magazines that Respawn is implementing more ways to travel around Jedi Survivor's worlds by including both fast travel and rideable mounts. The lack of fast travel caused frustration for many fans of the game, in a game that was otherwise well-received. Players were encouraged to travel back and explore different areas, but without being able to immediately teleport between these locations, they were forced to essentially start from the beginning of each world before they could do so. We will feature both fast travel and rival creatures to help players quickly get from point A to point B and back to A. The fast travel is point-to-point, and the rival creatures offer a way to quickly negotiate between points and explore what is in between. And... You know, Cal Katzis will be going through changes such as um he's more mature, more rugged, and more weathered by time and by situation. That and the fact that he has to remember that his youth has conspired mostly through fear because the Empire killed his master and the clones and all that insanity. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, made by the people who are horrible, Dawn of Ragnarok and its composer have won the first Grammy Award for Best Score Soundtrack for Video Game and Other Interactive Media. This came at the 65th Grammy Awards, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Dawn of, Ra- Dawn of Ragnarok won over one over Fire Aliens, Fire Team Team Elite, Call of Duty Vanguard, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxies, and. An Old World. <laughs> oh man. Dawn of Ragnarok, I have now played Assassin's Creed Valhalla for a long time. This was before I had found out what had happened at Ubisoft at the time. So yeah, I had bought Watchdog Legion and that for when that happened, but I did not hear about this stuff until I watched James Stephanie Sterling's videos about it. The industry sucks. Meanwhile, as that has been going on, there has been another issue going on in the behind the scenes issue with Activision Blizzard and Xbox's merging plan, as they have received several warnings from the EU, and in a potential blow, the European Union has reportedly hit Microsoft with a formal antitrust warning as it ties to its approval on its $69 billion deal. So, political reports say that the EU representative sent Microsoft a statement of objections laying out why, they, why the body feels the deal may be problematic for the game industry. The statement was not released, but the EU previously contended that Microsoft might be incentivized to block access to Call of Duty in the future. Uh, in a statement to Politico, Microsoft's spokesperson said Xbox is still committed to finding a path forward for the deal. We are listening carefully to the European Commission's and its concerns and are comment we can address them. Um, Asked in an earlier interview whether he has more confidence than a year ago about the deal getting done. CEO Phil Spencer said he has more knowledge about working with different regulatory boards than before, making him more confident now than I was a year ago, simply based on the information I have and the discussions we've been having. So my confidence remains high, he told IGN. We're actively working with the regulatory boards around the world that need to approve for this, and it's been a learning experience. I a lot of time spent, a lot of travel, and a lot of conversations, but the conversations where I get to talk about our industry and the work that we do and why we do it. I think the more regulators are informed about what gaming is, how the business runs, and who the players are, and what aspirations it is as Team Xbox is just a good thing for the industry itself. Despite that, the deal has come under intense scrutiny in the US, UK, EU, and it's led to usually content- unusually contentious war wars between Sony and Xbox between the two platform holders that they seek to sway the regulators. In December, FTC sued the block sued to block the acquisition with a trial set later this year. Both Spencer and Bobby Oh my God, can he please go away continue to express comments in the deal closing with Kodak, aka horrible writing an in internal remember that two companies believe that these arguments will win despite regulatory for an environment focused on audiology and misconceptions about the tech industry. I think it's more about Bobby Kotick being a horrible person and letting Activision Blizzard burn. So, remember the online sensation of Squid Game and how popular that series got on Netflix? Well, um... Squid Game The Challenge was was commissioned by Netflix to basically make a live action... Okay, how do I say this? So, we got Squid Game The Series, the story-driven, horror-deadly competition for massive cash. Netflix made a reality spinoff called Squid Game The Challenge. And... Yeah. Um... Uh, uh, so, apparently Netflix really was committed to maintaining the Squid Game iconography and whatnot to, to the point that it was being r- reportedly called an inhumane disaster. Saying that the filming conditions are far, are far from the inhumane conditions presented in the original show, with several contestants speaking out about unsafe filming environments and claiming that the game was rigged. But based on multiple reports, conditions on the show have been difficult to say the least. Gathered in a former air hangar near London for filming, unpaid participants in the Squid Games reality spinoff reportedly faced freezing temperatures and fatigue. They had woken up as early as 3:30 and remained on set for up to nine hours, unable to move for long stretches of time due to the game they were playing, according to Variety. At least 10 participants collapsed during the first day of filming, according to the Rolling Stone. Medics were called to the set repeatedly, with one contestant even referring to the set as a "war zone." People were dropping like flies. The second time the song played, I saw in my left peripheral vision that this girl was swaying, then she just blacked out, and you could hear her head actually hit the ground. But then someone came on the microphone and said to hold our positions because the game was not paused. After that, people were dropping like flies. Several contestants also claimed that the game was rigged, really exciting. the fact that a few influencer contestants were pre-selected to move on to the new rounds regardless of the results. Two contestants also t- a to Rolling Stone. They also told them that Netflix, which flew international contestants into London for filming, had already booked their return flights before the games began, and these flights later turned out to occur right after the contestants' eliminations. An anonymous contestant then told the Rolling Stone it wasn't really a game show, it was a TV show. We were basically extras in a TV show. Oh, God. So, yeah. Maybe they should never do this again. Like, at all. Stick to being the TV show Squid Game, not Squid Game Let's Make a Reality-Based Challenge that's clearly getting rigged according to contestants. Yeah, like, the prize, it's 456 participants competing for a massive $4.56 million prize. And from what it sounds like, it's clearly not worth it. Like, at all. Like, it wasn't worth it. Like, oh god. Like, I haven't watched the show, i just never gotten the time to watch it, but damn. Damn. I, I only had seen clips of it and I was like, oh my god, being compa- like the TV show was barbaric at times, from what I saw of the clips, like how you know how the contestants were in the story, but here's the thing, that was the story. We're talking about the challenge they made out of it, out of a reality-based spin-off of it. And and I'm like, uh, Calling it inhumane and a war zone and people dropping like flies because of health and all that scares and medical personnel having to come in at times. It makes you think for a second, the the only thing that's stopping it from being a, by crime against humanity is the death sentences that in the story side of things we do. So, yeah. So, 2024, will also see the return of Gladiator. Gladiator 2 is set for a 2024 release date, more specifically November 22nd, reported by Variety, and Paul Miskell is in talks to star in the sequel. The actor is best known for his roles in Hulu's Normal People and is currently nominated for Best Actor, for his role in Aftersun. So fans have been hoping for with the whole Gladiator series and Gladiator was released in 2000. I never watched it, but it was... Russell Crowe, who played it, and I portrayed Roman General, who gets thrown to the gladiator games after his family is murdered. Not much to known about the plot, but apparently, um, previous reports have said if the actor joins, he'll play Lucis, the son of Lucia, and nephew to Joaquin Phoenix's comedist from the original. My God. Am I not merciful? And that. I'm like, I don't know how they'll top that song, but, like, yeah. Speaking of film, uh, James Cameron finally comes to admit, yeah, Jack Kerr survived the Titanic after 25 years, but they also said there were a lot of variables in play. So, yeah, um, they talked about you know the the door and and how they could have worked it out and all that. Uh, yeah, and... and, and uh, They recreated the scene and designed a series test to see if there was a way Jack could have survived. And... Yeah, they, they had to recreate certain things to go ahead. And... T- they made the test realistic. The stunt people were splashed around or pulled beneath the water as they were seen to be in the movie. And... This time, Rose gave Jack her life jacket as both stud people balanced on the door, that their top half free of the water. And Cameron commented, and he stabilized. She, she got into a place where it projected the, if we projected that out, he just might have been made it to, until the lifeboat got there. Jack might have lived, but there are a lot of variables. I think his thought process is, I'm not gonna do the one thing that jeopardizes her, and that's 100% character. Yeah, th- this is, um, this is the thing I wanted to point out. Like, yes, there, definitely, there could be a chance they could have survived and happily ever after and all that, but then you have to look at it from the perspective of the film. As much as we would love to have seen Jack survive, uh, I've never watched Titanic, but I do know what happened in it. like the trailer gave it away. Um, they just went through a horrendous disaster barely survived and now there's no sight of boats in sight they don't know how to get anywhere else they're kind of in an emotionally compromised position right now where they're kind of thinking life or death choice choice the choices are decisions they're kind of thinking on the flying by the sea of their pants it, it's if this was if this was just like a <sighs> This would be a lot different if the variables were different, but like I, like James Cameron said, there are a lot of variables, and Jack could've survived if they, you know, thought this through, but at the time, but considering what they just went through, they wouldn't really have the time to really think this through, like, hey, oh God, Jack, please, quick, you gotta make it through this, man. And wait, is this a good idea? Maybe we should think about this first. Like, that that's not what's gonna happen. So that happened. Meanwhile, EA Motive, which has been gaining popularity due to Dead Space's remake, they have already started production on the single player Iron Man game. It's officially begun, and. yeah. They started working on it, and EA Motive explained and asked Me Anything on Reddit that they're interested in continuing to work on the Dead Space franchise. Back to that, the shipping of the game just came a couple of weeks ago. The team is first taking a well-deserved vacation before determining what's next. Answered fly that the studio then revealed that another team at the studio has started working on Iron Man before reassuring fans that the game is in great hands. Just don't screw us with microtransactions and we will be good. Or think we could do what they did with Anthem. All I know is is that a lot of people praise Ant-Man for one thing and that was the, mes- the flying mechanics. If you have that, you got something if you just put that feature into the Iron Man game, you got something here so the Hulk the Hulk comic series um <laughs> Apparently, they're going to do something experimental with the upcoming Hulk annual that will ultimately feature the ending to this new volume of The Hulk before the new creative team takes over in May. Um, uh, the Hulk will go full found footage, viral, vibe. That's the premise behind the in Project, a new story taking place in the brand new Hulk annual this May, in which a group of filmmakers set out to find the truth about The Hulk himself, but we'll find much more than they bargained for. I questioned how that happened, but okay. Set in the town that birthed the Hulk, the story will introduce a ragtag group of young filmmakers who set out to to uncover the truth behind the green Goliath's origin, but end up getting first-hand a look at his deadly rage. Reads Marvel's announcement of the new Hulk annual. A documentary crew is on the hunt for a monster at the heart of a Gamma Radiation leak. But they get much more than they bargained for when they're caught in the middle of a brawl between two unstoppable giants, as Hulk battles and unleashes Giganto. So, for those not steeped in the Marvel lore, let's just go over this. Giganto is a massive kaiju-like monster seen on the cover of Fantastic Four Number One, the very first comic set in the Marvel Universe, meaning that Hulk is flashing back to some classic Marvel lore for his new story. I do have one question though. Doesn't that, can't they just find Bruce Banner and ask him in fact the story sounds like this would have been f- perfect fit for Al Ewing's uh, Immortal Hulk considering it was a more horror rooted story that lasted way longer than I thought it would it lasted for 50 issues I- I'll give him that it had some controversial moments specifically for its artists but it all worked out in the end plus they had the beautiful artwork of Alex Ross doing the cover <laughs> so beautiful So, yeah, in the announcements, in the further announcements, uh, it's mentioned, when my editor, Will Moss, first reached out to me about writing this Hulk annual, it took me a bit beat to wrap my head around the enormity of all. The Hulk is such a massive character, just as large as the figure, who is equal parts man, monster, and stylovel force of nature. And it's that film and un- un- unfathomable Skills that we're looking into to explore the Venerian Project, our fan footage stored by a team of filmmakers shooting a documentary on the legacy of Bruce Banner and a horse they discover when they actually find him. It's been incredible, exciting to dive into Hulk's Avengers through this truly human lens, I can't wait for readers to witness firsthand what it's like to ride out and encounter with the strongest one there is. Look, if this is a documentary, can't they just go to the Avengers and just... Ask him if they can contact Hall. Heck, isn't one a legal attorney that that is actually related to the big green guy? And Bruce Banner? She Hulk? You could call her, go to her office and say we want to have a meeting with you about a documentary project and it relates to your cousin Bruce Banner. Can we do something? Or has he been in contact? No, we're, we're not gonna do that. Okay, but uh, Gary Frank is doing the cover art for anu- for Hulk annual for the Hulk annual, so um, that's awesome. <sighs> Meanwhile, uh, James Gunn decided to ruffle the feathers of WBD, one of Rose's discovery with his comments in the past. Comments at the, at the unveiling DC News new slate was badly received by some at Warner Brothers, according to new reports. Dawn, you poor little thing. Uh, Gone, who is leading the new DC era projects alongside DC Studios co-CEO Peter Safran, mentioned how the outgoing Superman actor Henry Cavill was dicked around by previous leadership. Safran also drew ire for his comments on the not-releasable Batgirl. For me, for this story, it isn't Henry. I like Henry, he's a great ray. I think he's gotten decked around by a lot of people, oh, including former regimes of this country, but this isn't Henry for a number of reasons. He explained, the Hollywood Reporter suggested those words didn't go quite well with quite a few ruffled feathers at Warner's. Oh, God damn it. Okay. It's true though. James Gunn is actually being honest here. The fact it already makes you already look bad enough as is when you protect the guy, the person who went ahead and tried to start a cult, allegedly drugs, kidnapping children, uh, gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, uh, you know. Ezra Miller, the person who d- believes according are going to insider sources, believes that they're the center of all life in the multiverse and the omniverse because they play the Flash. Like doesn't that look worse than Jane's Gunn pissed us our feet pissed at our feelings because he's being honest about how we handled Henry Cavill and his Superman role? because we hated Zack Snyder, and we had to find some excuse to get rid of him, even though we already got rid of Zack Snyder, and we could just move on with our lives. Wait. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, it took a pandemic for us to get the Snyder Cut. That's, uh, yeah, that's a lot of things. So, a Few weeks back, uh, as the show is relaxing and taking an extended hiatus, uh, Tom Taylor was announced to be writing the new, the new story for DC Comics, a new Titans ongoing. <laughs> After the events of Dark Crisis and Infinite Earths, the leads are on indefinite hiatus for the moment. Though, according to, to documents and screenshots, they are set to come back th- later this year. So, do not. Do not think for a moment the Titans are fully replaced in the Justice League for a few years or something. That would require effort. So yeah. That's basically the setup premise of this. The biggest development in the final chapter of uh, Dark Crisis. Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. The League is on indefinite hiatus. In its place, Nightwing and his longtime partners uh, become, are becoming the DCU's first line of defense against all threats. The former team's sidekicks are now calling the shots. It will deba- debut in May 2023 as part of the Dawn of DC relaunch. The series is held by Nightwing writer Tom Taylor and Wonder Woman Year One artist Nicholas Scott. Also doing that month our Green Lantern, by Flashpoint Beyond, Jeremy Adams, and I can't pronounce this last name I tried, Cyborg as well, and a bunch of other titles. So, that was an awesome announcement, mostly because we get more Troy content, and I'm excited for that. So, I'm curious to know how big the Titans is actually going to get. Is it going to just be the the mainstay members of the group of uh, Donna Troy, Nightwing, Starfire, Cyborg, Beast Boy, Raven, or are they going to get bigger? Like when they were at their apex when more characters kept dying. We don't know yet. We'll see more tom taylor did give an interview on ign you can check that out too but yeah i'm excited for this book because more Donna troy content i really wish she got her own mini series that could get upgraded to your ongoing hopefully like uh, another series that did but we'll talk about that later but um yeah I- i'm excited for the titans book and i especially like tom taylor's work on nightwing so yeah pretty damn cool But we'll be back after after this small little break, and we'll be back very shortly, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, and have a good night. Have a good evening. And enjoy, and go use the bathroom or something. We'll be back. Welcome back. Let's finish this thing all off. So Colin Farrell has revealed more details about the upcoming Penguin HBO Max series. Including the episode count. I think it's going to be eight parts for HBO around Oz's rise to power. Feeling that power vacuum that was created when Falcone was killed. Matt Reese's idea was that originally to have Penguin show begin a week after the end of the Batman film. And then, if it works, if the trajectory is interesting enough, and if the items go up for it, we do our jobs right. We have a second film, Penguin feature, and the second and pick up where the HBO show will end. And he doesn't know if he'll be in a Batman 2 yet. Mary's, the director of The Batman, has recently indicated that the HBO Max show will set up Batman 2, and which has since been revealed to a very straightforward title, The Batman Part 2, saying there's actually a whole little fabric of things we're wanting to do, the way we're doing with the Penguin and how that comes to be, back into play, how it will lead to the sequel and what the sequel's going to be. And it's still happening, despite everything that went down, and it will be part of the Elseworld universe side of, of DC films. Meanwhile, Marvel's Wolverine, according to Giant Bomb's Jeff Grubb, announced that, yep, uh, according to each share a few new details, saying the surprising thing for me is that I've heard two different dates. I've heard as early as fall as 2024, which would be wild. It telling you set to release Marvel's Spider-Man 2 in tw- fall 2023, so to launch another major title just a year would be wild indeed. That said, Grubb also emphasized that he's heard internally that still very much talk about 2025, so nothing is truly set in stone yet. So. And, yeah, I, I knew it was not coming out in 2023, but it also can report that, um,. They will be having a hard M rated game suggesting the superhero title, superhero, but uh, Wolverine will be putting those deadly claws to good use for reference. Marvel ESRB Spider-Man game has a T-ring for blood, drug reference, and language revised violence. so expect Wolverine to have more. And they also mentioned like how also according to Giant Bombs Grub uh, that Wolverine probably won't be full open world, like the Spider-Man games, knowing accurate the what um Knowing accurately that Wolverine would have a very different mode of tra- traversal than web-slinging superheroes. Instead of full open-world, Wolverine would probably have open sections of the world similar to other major stunning games. Grub didn't make this comparison specifically, but it sounds like Wolverine Mac can be vaguely similar to God of War Ragnarok in terms of open-worldness. I like, doesn't Wolverine also drive a motorcycle from time to time? Like, that could be it. <laughs> or they could do fast travel. Anyway, it would work. Speaking of Logan, uh, Logan and Indiana Jones director James Mangold could be directing Swamp Thing for DC, according to the Hollywood Reporter, er, in early talks for the film. So, I heard this and I was like, "Can you direct Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow first, though? Because that is what Logan is. Te- what Logan was, though." In no, this would be done in space. That is with the Woman of Tomorrow story that they keep touting. is going to be their inspiration for the new movie. So, yeah, that's it. Makes sense to me at least. This is probably personal bias, but yeah, that's just my opinion. I feel like James Mangold would do well working a Supergirl movie, as since the Woman of Tomorrow story from Tom King would make sense having having it be you know doing that. But he also is a massive fan of Swamp Thing, so maybe it won't be something new and different. Meanwhile, Dexter and Billion's spin-offs are on the way as Showtime adopts Yellowstone franchise model. Goddamn. Dexter Origins, executive produced by a long-time Dexter mainstay, Clyde Phillips. According to Showtime, it will dramatize the young Dexter Morgan at the outset of his transition to an avenging serial killer he would become. Set in Miami, and begins as Dexter graduates college to join Miami Metro, with him several young versions of characters he's already made in the Flagstaff series. Also mentioning... uh, also picked up a new iteration of Dexter New Blood*, which will focus on Harrison, the son of Dexter, who flees to New York, where he must wrestle with his own violent nature and whether, like his father, he's too compelled to kill. And yeah, basically exploring other characters. As for billions, it would be billions, Miami and London, London, yeah, along with millions and trillions. Oh God. So how about we contact uh, um, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos? They, They could probably give some advice on living the trillion dollar life, or at least the closest they'll be to trillionaires as long as Elon Musk continues to butcher Twitter with crazy announcements meanwhile uh, according to the according to publisher two, take 2 Bioshock um, creator Ken Levine is the next new game for him is coming out within the next couple of years and they set plans to release the game between between 2023s now physical year to 2025 which runs until March 31st the game called Judas and they announced that they've had some slippage in the last few years Probably because of that big, I don't know, pandemic that happened and all the hell that's been breaking loose from time to time. (laughs) So, yeah. It's all around. Meanwhile, the UK government has also expressed its concerns for the Microsoft Activision Blizzard year saying it could harm gamers. And once again, they mention how Call of Duty is a thing. About Call of Duty, and here's the thing: I, I get the concern, especially how big of a deal Call of Duty is compared to everything else that Microsoft bought, even bigger than Halo. I I think that I do recall that I'm trying to find a deal saying that they're always gonna keep the games on the Sony. But you can also, men- but you also have have a dimension that there's a potential that Microsoft and Sony could have their break breaking of talks and end their relationship well into the Call of Duty deal they have, and they could just take it all away. And plus, there would be no one to stop them, unless you do another big million, multi-billion dollar lawsuit. So, yeah, it's. Pretty hard to do. If anything, they'll have. If anything, they would have to cut ties with Call of Duty just to make this happen and make a deal with Sony that for whatever happens, even if we don't talk anymore, if we're not on the phone anymore, we'll still make games for you. We'll still make Call of Duty games for you guys. So, yeah. Meanwhile, for the horrendous future that we're living in in the gaming industry, The Legend of Zelda: Z- Tears of the Kingdom. Set for pre-order, but there is a um problem. 70 bucks. Oh god damn it. So yeah, the continuing saga of gaming industry moving to 70 dollars since Microsoft recently joined up and finally caved in. Oh, damn it. And you were doing marginally better than the other two companies because at least you were paying your staff still even when you lost revenue, you gave them a raise even though if this was Microsoft or Xbox, they would have fired a bunch of people which Microsoft and Sony, they would have fired people, and Sony is part of Japan so yada 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 but um (laughs) yeah um, it was just Oh, man. It, it's just insane. It, it really is. That all this drama is happening. And that the $70 price hike is now going for Nintendo games. Especially on an old hardware that's over a nearly a decade old. And hasn't been upgraded to give itself the steroids version of Nintendo Switch. Same. Speaking of um, crazy things, Michelle Ewing... And, um, I'm pretty sure I butchered that name, sorry, uh, Michelle, but, um, everything everywhere all at once co-star her lead role in that movie yeah it almost didn't happen because she revealed that she as she aged she felt the acting opportunities starting to diminish but refused to entertain the suggestion that she should just retire despite the roles getting smaller she admitted yes yeah, you get older the roles get smaller it seems like the numbers go up and things go narrower and then you start getting relegated to the side more and more so when everything everywhere came all at once it was very emotional because this means that you are the one who's leading this whole process who's telling the story you know as you get older people People start saying, "Oh yeah, you should retire. You should do this. You should know, guys. Do not tell me what to do. I should be your what and keep capable of, right?" And a lot of people did praise her performance in that movie, and the directors even offered her the starring role in a twenty in the in the A twenty four film. The role that has earned her a role that has earned her numerous nods and accolades during the current award season, including her first Oscar nomination. So props never give up on your dreams kids so yeah legend of zelda tears of the kingdom 70 bucks back to that um damn meanwhile disney announced to the world and to the joys of kids everywhere that we're going to get toy stories frozen toy story 5 frozen 3 zootopia 2 yeah They announced it during their conference call, during the Q1 earnings call, and that they'll have to share more when the production starts soon. He called the franchise investment an example of how they're leaning into into our Unrivaled Brands. Yeah, nothing can go horribly wrong, right? They fired 10,000 people. Well, 7,000 to be exact, but it's nearing 10,000. After the uh, Disney first ever quarterly subscriber loss and an Avatar attraction coming to Disneyland, but there is a um, problem with Walt Disney World. So, but just a heads up, this is gonna get a little political because I hate Ron DeSantis. So, um, Ron Ronda scumbag. Let, let's go with that. Uh, Ron Ronda scumbag has issued a new bill in con- in their Congress and has passed it. And because there's this new bill that's been p- officially passed, uh, Walt Disney World has lost control of the board of its own district to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, meaning it will lose some of the privileges and autonomy it has had since 1967. <laughs> so, Yeah. Florida could can tax Disney, yada yada yada. The true impact obviously remains to see but will make for possible for among other things Florida to tax Disney to help fund road improvements outside of the park. The Disney will also be subject to a more state regulatory reviews and could cost, and that which could cost the bill, cost of building projects at the resort to balloon. Um, here's my response. Uh eh. <laughs> Because of this new law, Ron Descumbe has the power to appoint all five members of his board, Floressen will then be the ones to confirm the choices. Now, here's the thing about this whole idea. Now, normally I would be championing, yay, the government's finally listening to the people and fighting the corporations problem, of course, is that the corporation is actually in the right here for once when they oppose the Don't Say Gay legislation bill. For those unaware, this law prevents kindergartners through, kindergartner through third grade teachers from including anything related to sexuality or gender in their curriculums. But um, that's not really the inherent flaw of this problem. <laughs> the other major problem with this is the fact that anyone who dared oppose it, he called everyone child groomers and other horrible, offensive s- statements about the LGBTQ community and anyone who dared criticize his supreme overlordness. And he went and tried to abolish Disney World's special task district altogether, following Disney's opposition to the bill. So... Oh, uh, the Reedy Creek Improvement District was set to be abolished on June 1st, 2023, but it was discovered that taxpayers in, origin, uh, in certain counties would have to pay for a certain Disney World services like fire protection, policing, and road maintenance. Additionally, the district is roughly $1 billion in debt, and that would have been transferred to the counties if the district was abolished. So, yeah, Disney has still kept most of its perks they enjoyed over the past 56 years, including the ability to issue tax-exempt bonds and approved development plans without scrutiny from certain local regulators. Translation, Disney has their own little micronation, and they're clearly conquering the world, but Ron DeSantis, instead of fighting the corporations, he's doing it to fulfill his own massive stroking ego. Fuck Ron DeSantis. Now, moving on from the uncomfortable political talks about my clearly, obviously anti-Republican attitude of a conservative nutjob who lost his sanity years ago, to the point that even Trump is insulting him, which is saying a lot I had hoped when Trump turned his back on Ron DeSantis after he was his biggest fan, that would be it for his political career because everyone else calls Trump like sheep. Sadly, that didn't happen. He's still in charge of Florida for the next few years until he tries to run for office and hopefully he loses. Anyways, Wall Street Journal reported that Warner Bros. Discovery is so no longer planning to merge HBO Max and Discovery Plus into a single streaming gigantic service. The source, however, cla- clarifies that Warner's plan to bring platforms together means that Shades and adds that they decided to keep the lower priced offering of Discovery Plus in the U.S. marketplace. Unnamed sources previously told the Wall Street Journal that a shift has occurred in response to fears that a significant number of Discovery Plus' 20 million subscribers would be un- willing to migrate to a more expensive service. Company executives have indicated that the new, currently unnamed service will be more expensive than the c- existing 1599 ad-free version of HBO Max, and Warner Bros. Discovery will probably launch a separate free ad-supported streaming service later in 2023, which will feature a range of programs drawn from Company's extension the library, split across numerous distinct channels. So this is the thing that pisses me off to no end because Warner Bros. Discovery is trying to launch multiple streaming platforms instead of just keeping everything in one gigantic platform or are selling that platform off to the point that you start questioning why should we even keep our HBO Max's accounts and they want to rename it to Max only because HBO is not a good brand name or just merge HBO and Discovery and call it HBO Discovery Max Without the plus, yeah. But last but not least, let's end this on a more positive note. Poison Ivy, the story by G Willow Wilson, is no long- started off as a six issue miniseries last year. It is now 2023, and it's heading into its tenth issue in a few weeks. Well. It was looking like it was going to end at 12 two months later, but that's been changed too. It's now an ongoing. Announced on the DC Comics press site, Pamela Ashley's comic book journey has grown beyond her original plan, as today the publisher has announced the hit six-issue maxi-miniseries, which was expanded to a second-issue story arc, will continue as an ongoing comic book series beginning June 2023 with Poison Ivy 13. Written by G. Willow Wilson and written and with art by Jessica with Marcio Takara and covers by Jessica Flan the fan favorite Poison Ivy's quest to undo the wrongs of man and return the earth to the green persists at whatever the cost the comic book series shines best when we see Ivy's force to confront humanity but for only that of us in the process forces the reader to truly see the world Launched as a limited series in June 2022 during DC's annual Pride Celebration, Poison Ivy's dark, lush, character driven first story arc posted on an Ivy who is both reviewer of mercy and merciless, who is beautiful and deadly, broken and fierce. And then Harley Quinn came into her life. So Poison Ivy's seconds to issue um, arc involved, you know, ego, involved confronting humanity and whatnot. But, um, Poison Ivy 13, the hit DC title becomes an ongoing comic book series and will bring poet Pamela Isley back to Gotham and reunite with Harley Quinn after they had their reunion in issue 9 which was awesome so yeah everyone Poison Ivy is now an ongoing now can we get more other female characters and can we get a Donna Troy series that could potentially get an ongoing or an extra 12 please Plus, at least that means less bat books. Uh, but that's later down the road. Let's rejoice that Poison Ivy is getting the respect she's finally been warranted after all these years. And my video essay of potential eco hero of tomorrow is not in vain. So let's celebrate that. Well, everyone, this was your host, Eric Brown of Neo Reality Collective, Pop Culture News Talk, and we'll see you all again next time. Stay tuned for this last ad break and outro. Thank you, Everyday Fans, for, for helping with this video. And I will the podcast, and I will see you all again next time. Take care and have a good day, everybody. Peace and take care.
1: Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels